Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Anyway, the scripture for a call to action and a call to answer is Psalms 50, verse 1. It says, The God of gods, the mighty Lord himself, has spoken. He shouts out over all the people of the earth and every brilliant sunrise and every beautiful sunset, saying, listen to me. And I feel like the Lord is really speaking to us in this season that we need to listen to him. We're in a very different season. And if we're going to uh, make it through and do what he's calling us to do, we've got to be listening to him. Amen? Okay, so in... Let's see here. Amos 3, 7 to 8. I'm just going to give a couple of scriptures that goes along with this in the Word. It says, Surely the, God, the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. A lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord has spoken. Who can but prophesy? And then, and, and that's really true. The Lord doesn't do anything unless he tells his prophets first. I, I've been, uh, Mark and I have been serving the Lord for over 40 years now. And I know there's always, somebody always has a word, there's some kind of a confirmation before anything happens. So it's really good to pay attention to what the Lord's doing because he knows what he's doing. We may not know what we're doing. I certainly don't, but he does. And if we're listening to him, he can direct each of us into the path that he has for us, even in the midst of all kinds of controversy, in the midst of all kinds of voices. And there's a lot of voices speaking right now. And so we need to discern what voice is from him and what voice is not from him. Okay, and then another example was in Ezra. And in Ezra, uh, I'm going to read 4.24 first just to preface this. Uh, the house of the Lord in Jerusalem um, had been kind of torn down, and there wasn't much happening with it. And so the Lord spoke to some people in the year of King Cyrus to go and restore it, okay? And then they got all this opposition, and in verse 24, it says, The work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem, ceased, and it was discontinued until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Now, the other thing I want to mention while I'm reading this is God uses people in authority. They may or may not be somebody we like. He still uses them. If you look at the Old Testament, there were evil kings, there were good kings. There were evil judges, there were good judges. Uh, did the Lord forsake his people during all that? No, he did not. And sometimes he allows people to be put in position so that he can do things that otherwise he wouldn't be able to do because it gets people's attention. You know, it causes us to really pray and seek him when, we, when things don't go the way we think they should go, Right. So in this case, Cyrus was very favorable uh, to the Jews, and he allowed them to start building the temple in Jerusalem. And then, then uh, these um, people that were opposing the work there came against them, and it was shut down until the second year of Darius. And then the Lord moved upon Darius, okay? But before that happened, the Lord raised up two prophets. And the reason I want to tell you this is because the Lord is calling us out. That is why he's been speaking to us. And we need to know what he's calling us to do, okay? It says, Then the prophet Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Iddo, prophets, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them, okay? So the Lord called these prophets out to speak to the people because they had quit. They had given up. They were very discouraged. They had so many opponents. 
And so Zerubbabel, the son of Shelti, and Joshua, the son of Josedach, rose up and began to build the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, helping them. I think that's exciting. So one of the things the Lord uses prophets for is to encourage us, okay, and to speak to us. We get discouraged, and he wants to encourage us, okay? That's why he gives us words. And then there were some more people in between that. And while they were doing this, they got encouraged to start to do it again. And then, um, what's that guy's name? I think Tatanai. I don't have that scripture in front of me. Anyway, he came, and he raised up all these, all these non-Jews in the area, and they just got all upset. And they sent this letter to Darius, and they said, look, here's these people, these, these Jewish people. They're building this temple again. They're just going to cause discourse. It's not going to be good. You know, they're going to take away all the money coming in. You need to tell them to stop, okay? But in this first down here, in verse 5, it says, The eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews, so that they could not make them cease until a report could go to Darius. Then a written answer was returned concerning the matter. Now, I'm not going to read all the rest of it. I'm going to just give you a paraphrase of it. What happened is Darius looked through the records, and he saw what the Lord had done through these people. And he told Tataniah and all those people that were opposed to the, non- the uh, Jews, he said, Basically, back off. These people are of God. They're going to build the temple and get away from them. All you people beyond the river, go somewhere because I'm saying these people are going to do what they want to do. And he wrote an edict, and the, and the temple was built. Okay, now, I believe a lot of that was because of the Spirit of God moving upon the people. He moved upon these prophets. The Lord read these prophets up. They prophesied. It said that they were working with the people all during the building of the temple. So I believe that's a, a symbol of the church. The Lord raises people up to speak all during the building of the church. And right now he's calling us out. He's calling us out in this time of darkness. He wants us to be lights to the world. The world is lost. He wants us to shine our lights. He's calling us out, okay? Thank you, Lord. Let me get on to the next part here before I get too far out in the never-never. Anyway, so I was looking back as I was preparing to speak. I was looking back over the recent words the Lord has spoken to us here as his church. And in November, the beginning of November, um, I felt the, the land shifting, and I came and shared that at church. It wasn't a prophetic word. I just felt the Lord woke me up during the night. I just felt the earth shifting. In fact, uh, I think the title of my message was prepare, 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 similar to what Sid is saying. Okay, that was back in the beginning of November. And then in the end of November, I was awakened with the Lord speaking to me and saying, this is an unprecedented opportunity to preach the gospel and to reap the harvest. The Lord has been speaking to us about that over and over again, okay? So unprecedented means an opportunity that is fresh, new, novel, original, unheard of, not done before, or ever expressed before, okay? So those are the things the Lord has been speaking to us. And then just at the beginning of December, just before we left at Texas, the Lord gave me a prophecy in regards to this year. And I'm going to read that. If you have it, it's one from December 6th. I didn't get a chance to print it off before we left because then we went to Texas. But anyway, I believe this is the begin- one part of the word for the year. And then the one I gave last Sunday, the two of them together, I believe, are what the Lord's speaking to us for this coming year. And part of it, again, is what Sid just spoke. Fear not. He said, fear not the things that are upon this land. As I told you before my time, it's not yet. 
It's the enemy stirring things up, okay? I'm just going to kind of skim over it. You are my army, fear not. Then he says, step into things I'm calling you to do. For this coming year is going to be full of opportunities for my body, okay? Now, you might not think it's a year of opportunity because of the circumstances that we now live in in America, but we can't look at that, okay? If we look at that, we're going to sink. We've got to keep our eyes on the Lord. The Lord has been speaking. It's a time of revival. That's what's happening. The Spirit of God is moving. The Spirit of God is moving. Who cares what else is happening? Yeah, we need to pay attention, but we are the people of God. We're the army of God. We've got to do what the Lord's telling us to do, okay? And then the other thing he said is that the harvest is to be reaped, and you need to be in the position I'm calling you to be in. Many of you are not there right now, but I'm calling you into that position. Okay, this was the beginning of December that he said that. Now, maybe since between December and now, you have come into the position you're to be in. I don't know. You may be in transit. They said, I'm opening doors that no man can shut no matter what they believe. If I open a door, you need to go through it. Just take a step and I'll open other things before you. I'll present many opportunities. Yes, there's great darkness on the land, but I'm on the move and you'll see it greater in the coming year. Okay, so then we go over to last Sunday. Last Sunday, uh, the Lord gave me another prophecy, which I believe the two of them go together. Okay, so we're going to go to that one now. And then I'm going to tell you some things that I saw after I sat down from giving this. Okay. It says, I am calling you out, my people. I'm calling you out. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to put down your idols? To put down what you think I'm doing? And look to me. I feel like that's a key thing. A lot of times I think the Lord is doing something and he's doing something totally opposite. How many of you agree? Yeah, yeah, so we need to hear from God. We need to hear from him because we don't know what we're doing, you know. I'm ready to move on those who are yielded to my spirit, not yielded to what everybody else is saying. Yielded to what I am doing, says the Spirit of God, because I'm moving. Okay, now this is important. This is not a season of defeat. Okay, let's speak it. Everybody together. This is not a season of defeat. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's a season of victory. Let's say that. It's a season of victory. Yes, that's right. It's a season of victory. Because I am moving. So don't give place to what is being put forth by the media, by others, even believers. Humble yourself under my mighty hand that I might raise you up. I'm looking for those who have eyes upon me that are not moved by the multitudes, that are not moved by what the media is saying, but are listening to me. For I have a harvest to reap, and the harvest that I have to reap may not be what you are seeking. That's interesting. So, you know, I might think I know who's ready to get saved. It might not be somebody the Lord's speaking to at all. Or maybe there's somebody that's not ever going to get saved, and I'm wasting my time on them, you know? You don't know. You know, you have, you have to hear from God, okay? Yield to me, yield to my, yield to me, repent, repent. He kept saying that over and over again. I remember as I was speaking it last week, I was just in tears because I felt like I needed to repent. You know, that I'm not, I'm not any different than you guys, and I don't make mistakes all the time. So I repented, and we just need to be in that attitude. That I might heal your nation. It requires humility. It requires repentance. It does not require violence. 
It does not require trying to do everything in your own power to get what you believe I'm doing. That's, that's futile. That's totally futile, okay? You know, you know not what I am doing, says the Spirit of God, because I am moving. Again, I am moving. The Lord is moving. Yes, he's moving. This is a time to move in the presence of God. I tell you this day, if you try to move in your own flesh in this season, you will not succeed. My spirit is moving, and my eyes are looking to and fro across the earth to see who is truly, truly yielded to me. And the scripture on that is 2 Chronicles 16.9, but I'm not going to read that right now. Who will preach the gospel to that person? Maybe that person in a corner that everyone else has condemned. Okay? I'm after their heart. And another person who maybe does not believe the way that you do. I am after their heart. My heart is a harvest. Focus your eyes on the harvest and winning people to me. Quit choosing sides. This is not fruitful. It is not pleasing to me, says the Spirit of God. Yield to me and repent. We need to repent of whatever side we thought we were on. There is no sides in God, okay? There is no sides, okay? He doesn't look at things the way we do. And I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. God is not a Republican, and he's not a Democrat. So if you have that attitude, you need to repent. It's displeasing to God. And he does not like it, okay? We close people out with that narrow-mindedness. We close them out. Is anybody ever going to come to the gospel if you judge them like that? And how dare we judge? The way we judge will be judged. If you're judging that way, you're going to reap that judgment in your own life. Okay, let's see. Where was I at here? For I am moving, and the greatest harvest ever seen is about to come. And if you are not looking in the right place, you will miss it, says the Spirit of God. And I'm going to interject something here that our brother Bob Bergeron told me. He says, if the greatest harvest ever is coming, Nancy, then we need to contend. Because there will be great contention. Where there's a great harvest, there's got to be great contention. So we need to contend for the faith. Okay, we need to contend for the faith. Amen? That's where we need to put our emphasis. Not contending on whoever is getting elected to this, that, or the other thing. Yeah, pray for them, support them, and vote. But don't waste your energy doing something unless the Lord is telling you to do it. It's not fruitful. Not fruitful. Okay? And I'm going to give a couple of examples here. I just feel the Lord speaking to me to do this. And again, I'm going to cite the times I've been going down to Juneau. I remember when I first started that prayer room down there, the Lord told me, this is not going to be a prayer room that is Republican or Democrat and needs to be nonpartisan so that I can move. And one, one week when I was down there, I was telling him about this one lady I was going to go see who happened to be a Democrat. You know, and the, some of them were just appalled. They said, why are you going to see her? We know who she is. We know her past. What about Mary Magdalene? Did Jesus look at that? Oh, this is a prostitute. I'm not going to talk to her. I don't think so. No, he spoke the gospel to her, to the shame of all those around him. And they left, humbled. And she was left there on the ground, and he spoke to her. 
And she gave her life to the Lord. That's the kind of spirit we need to be of. Anyway, so I went and saw this woman. I just told those people. I said, you know, if that's your attitude, you don't belong in this prayer group because that's not who God is. And if God tells me to go see a Democrat, I'm going to go see him. If you don't like it, too bad. There's a door. Don't let it hit you on the way out. And they left. Good. I don't want that attitude. The Lord doesn't move in that attitude. He does not move in that. Anyway, so I went to see this person. It turns out that um, uh, the week before I'd gotten there, there had been this uh, Jewish man that had spoke and given the invocation. And he told them all that unless they became Jews, they could not be saved. And so she told me that, and she was just weeping. I looked at her and I said, that is not the God that I serve, and that is not God's heart. You can get saved right now if you want to. And she just wept. She just wept in her office. She only gave me five minutes. In five minutes, I was able to pray for her. She wept. I repented for what that guy said, and the Lord moved. The Lord moved. That's our God. That's what he does. He doesn't move through judgment. It's through what you think is supposed to be done. Lay down your ideas. Lay down your movements, your, your ideas, your, your whatever is moving you that's not from the Lord. Lay it down. If you don't know what it is, ask him. Say, God, what am I doing that's not pleasing to you? Help me, Lord, to hear from you and to walk as you want me to walk. Because we don't know how to do it, people. We don't. We don't know how to do it. And then he says, are you ready? Are you willing to go where you don't want to go? That's a hard one. There's places I don't want to go. Am I willing to speak to those you don't want to speak to if I called you to do it? Yes, Lord, I do, I do want to go. I will, Lord, God willing, I will, by your mercy and grace. Open your hearts. Lay down the motives you've taken up, the idolatry, the movements you've joined. Look to me. I am God, and no one else is going to save people other than me. No one else is going to save America other than me. That is right, and we need to come to grips with that. No man is going to save America. Only God can. Only God can. And we need to gra grasp that and realize that, okay? Let's see. So yield to me this day. Are you willing to go where I tell you to go? Are you willing to be persecuted for me and for my name? Yield to me, says the Spirit of God. I am looking for those who are yielded my spirit and willing. I will move upon them and use them. If those who are speaking out against others, I will disdain, and I will not use them, says the Spirit of God. That's pretty heavy, okay? So don't speak out against others, you know, expect to gain fruit. I mean, I think you'll probably still be saved, but maybe the Lord's not going to use you. We've got to have a spirit of humility and be willing to do what God calls us to do, even if we don't like it, okay? Even if we do not like it. The other, the other thing I was, the Lord just brought to my mind was this man just passed away two years ago, and I just prayed to God that he heard what I said and accepted, accepted him when I went to his office. Another Democrat, and it took me three or four times to get into his office because he didn't want to have anything to do with me. He heard me give the invocation, and I, gave every, I ended everything with in Jesus' name because he was Jewish. He didn't agree with that, okay? So... I just kept pounding on his door, and one day he let me go in, and he was very sick, and so he wanted me to pray for him. And so I prayed for him, and he just broke down and wept. And I told him about Jesus and why I said that. 
And then, all this time that he'd been opposing me, after I got done talking to me, he grabbed me by the elbow, ran me up to the speaker's office and said, this lady needs to give the invocation today. And I said, there's somebody already giving you. I, no, let's not do that. And I had already talked to the lady, and she knew that. But he was determined, no, she needs to give it. You know, I didn't, because the archbishop, I think, was in Juneau that day, and he was giving the invocation, which that was fine. But anyway, I just shared with that, because the heart changed. He didn't like me saying in Jesus' name. And then when the Lord touched him, he all of a sudden was all about it. Yeah. You know? See, that's what, that's, I didn't do that. That was God. That was totally God. And the other thing I want to tell you about that is that I was meeting with one of um, the Republicans that I knew down there who I prayed with and actually was, I don't know if he was part of the prayer group or not, but anyway, a man of God that, that was very faithful to the Lord. And I, I was just in tears because that had just happened. He asked me what was going on. I told him, and he said, oh, that guy, I have such a hard time with him. And I just looked at him. I said, you're a believer, and I don't even know if he knows the God, knows God. And the Lord just touched him. Anyway, and he got shook up and just looked out the window. He said, I need to repent. I said, yeah. And then he started talking to him because he was the head of whatever committee he was in. So that's how God moves. Not how we think he moves, but how, how, not what we think, but what he thinks. Okay, now I probably wouldn't have ever done that on my own flesh because I'm not the most bold person in the world. I can be if the Lord's speaking to me, but if it's not God, that's why we need to be in the presence of God, okay? We need to be in his presence, and then we can do anything. See, that was not me in the flesh. That was me having prayed and been in the spirit and trying to hear from God, and he's saying, I want you to go. And I was going, I don't know I want to. I want you to go. Okay, I'll keep trying. Still, yep, keeps trying. And then there was fruit. That's how the harvest is reaped, okay? That's how it's reaped, by us being obedient to the Lord. Okay, so last Sunday, after I gave that word and I sat down, I had a sense of doors opening, okay? And then when I was getting ready for this message, I realized the Lord spoke that to us. He's been speaking to us. He spoke that to us in December and then again in January. We have to really be discerning because I believe that the Lord is going to put some of us in very uncomfortable places this year. And we may doubt if it's the Lord or not, okay? The other thing that I thought when I sat down was... Um, that we had an opportunity for the gospel to preach was going to be open. But are we willing? I felt like there was a question. Is it really from the Lord? And it's okay to question, but ask the Lord. Okay, ask the Lord before you say no. Because it might be him opening a door. It might be a job thing. I don't know. It might be somebody that you would never want to work for. And yet, maybe that's somebody the Lord wants to run to him, and you're the vessel, you know? Or it could be a neighbor that you just despise because of what they do all the time to you, you know, to your dogs, whatever. Maybe the Lord is wanting to touch that person, you know. We have to be careful what we're judging because we don't know what the Lord's doing. Anyway, and so then I felt like uh, what the Lord showed me is that we need to have night vision. And that we're in a very dark season, and we need to have night vision, have on our night goggles. Um, I recently heard a, a word that somebody spoke and they were talking about how it's like we're underwater now. It's like we're divers underwater. And you can't see good when you go underwater, really. A lot of times people do wear goggles. Sometimes they're very dark. They have lights that they shine. 
And that's kind of the season we're in. And we got to have on our night goggles so we can see where we're going. And then uh, they were saying we have to be careful where we step because our footing isn't the same as it's been for years. It's different. So we have to be careful. And we have to walk in the presence of God. And if you don't know, ask him, Lord, is this from you? Is this the door I should go through? Or should I avoid it? And, and if we're listening, he'll tell us. Okay, he will speak to us. Don't doubt that you have discernment. We all can have discernment if we want to. It's a matter of listening to the Lord and hearing what he's saying and asking him and then being willing to do it even if we don't want to do it. Because we, we may very well may not want to do what he's calling us to do. Okay, the Lord will grant, grant this to us as we yield to him and are led by his spirit. Anyway, one of the things that I also felt after the pr prophetic word last Sunday was he wants a response from us, okay? The, the Lord doesn't um, give prophetic words like that and not want a response. He asked, I looked in this word, he asked like four times, I think, maybe five times, are you ready? Right in the first paragraph, are you ready to put down your idols? Okay, again, are you ready? Are you willing to go where, where you don't want to go? Again, in the end, are you willing to go where I tell you? Are you willing to be persecuted? Are you willing? Anyway, I feel like the Lord wants us to respond. We've got to respond. You can't just listen to a word like that and do nothing. It requires action. It requires action now. Okay, today, now. Yeah, we didn't do it last Sunday. That's okay. This is this Sunday. I'm speaking on the word. Now's the time to act. This is the time. I'm going to read one more scripture, and then we are going to be... Um, going before the Lord and repenting if we need to and, and answering that question. So be ready, okay? I'm going to go to Jude because Jude talks about contending for the faith. Okay, great revival comes with great contention. It doesn't just happen. We have to contend for the faith. We're in a season of contending, okay? Yes. Jude verse 3 says, I'm, I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. I don't know if it's up there. We don't have it up there. It's in the slides back there if you have it. I don't know if they're tracking or not. Oh, well. Anyway, <laughs> he's shaking his head. Anyway, Jude 3 in the Passion Translation says, Dearly beloved, I was fully intended to write to you about our amazing salvation that we all participate in, but felt the need instead to challenge you to vigorously defend and contend for the beliefs that we cherish. For God, through the apostles, has once and all entrusted these truths to his holy believers. Okay, so Jude was going to write to them about their salvation, how great it was, and all participating in it. Uh, but they had these things going on at the time where there were false teachers coming in and trying to disrupt the flock, and he felt like he needed to talk to them about contending for the faith. We need to contend for the faith, the things that we were taught by the apostles. We need to contend for them, okay? And then I'm going down to verse 20 to 25. And here he tells us how to contend for the faith. But you, delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourself up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit means praying in tongues, okay? If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit and don't have a prayer language, you need to get it, okay? You just need to get it. Ask the Lord, he'll give it to you. I remember when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, it was like turning on a light. 
It was like I, I was saved, yes, and I could read the word. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Bam, a light switch came on. I could read the word. I could understand. I was suddenly hearing from God. Very important. Yes, get saved, get water baptized, but get baptized in the Holy Spirit. We need all the tools the Lord gave us. Amen? You can't discern if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. you got to have that, okay? That's what he's talking about, praying in tongues, okay? And then he says, Fasten your hearts to the love of God and receive the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who gives us eternal life. Okay, here's the next thing. Keep being compassionate to those who still have doubts. There's many who still have doubts about the faith. We need to be compassionate to them and snatch others out of the fire to save them. There's some people that are going to hell unless they hear the gospel. We need to preach the gospel to them of the Lord speaking to us so they can get pulled out of the fire. Okay? And then, then he says, be extremely, wait, he says, be merciful over and over to them, but always couple your mercy with the fear of God. Very important. As you have mercy for people that are doubting, you're speaking to them, we need to walk in the fear of God. The fear of God is revering him, not compromising our beliefs to try and win them to the Lord. They won't get one to the Lord that way. They'll just drag you down with them. So we need to walk in the fear of God as we're extending mercy to those that doubt. Continue to press in, okay? And then it says, be, be extremely careful to keep yourselves free from the pollutions of the flesh. And then he ends with this. He says, now, to the one with enough power to prevent you from stumbling into sin and bring you faultless before his glorious presence to stand before him with ecstatic delight to the only God, our Savior, through our Lord Jesus Christ, be endless glory and majesty, great power and authority from before he created time, now and throughout the ages of eternity. Amen. 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 Okay, that is our God. That's our God that we serve. He's our God. He's our king. He's the victor. There is no gods like him. Okay, so we need to respond, okay? He told us how to do it, what we need to do to contend for the faith. All he's asking is a yes, are we willing? And if we need to repent, to repent. So, thank you, Lord. I'm going to have us all stand. And maybe the Lord has spoken to you as I was sharing today. If If so, you might already know what you need to do. But this is a season where we need to walk carefully. We don't know what we're doing. We might think we do. We don't. I don't know what I'm doing, that's for sure. And I'm asking God anew. I'm going, okay, Lord, what am I doing? Am I doing what you want me to do? Is there something different I want to do? Help me to to not judge people. Help me to walk in humility. The Lord said if we walked in humility, yielded to him, then he would use us, okay? If we didn't judge others... So, Lord, Lord, I just pray right now that you come, Lord God. Come, you're here, Lord Jesus. Come and speak to each one of us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord, by your spirit. Show us areas we need to repent in, Lord. And, Lord, we want to respond to you, Lord. We want to respond, Lord. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.